I think you, some of you know that I do a morning meditation every day. Uh, every morning at 7 a.m., seven days a week. And I've been doing it since March 18th, 2020. I started at the beginning of the pandemic, at the beginning of the lockdown. And Tuesday was the thousandth day in a row. Um, and uh, some folks were talking about... Uh, how grateful they were to have the practice. It's like, you know, it's this steady thing to have. I'm really grateful for it, and I'm really happy that I get to do that every day. And somebody mentioned that they, they appreciated the practice because it helps and supports them with their family relationships. And then they asked, had I ever done a Dharma talk on family relationships? And I have never done a Dharma talk on family, relationships with family members. And I said, okay, because I'm, I'm all about suggestions, <laughs> all about how about. Um, and so I, I, I spent a few days reflecting on this, and that's what I want to talk about. And I thought it might be, and I thought it I might actually be timely since this is a holiday. We're in the holidays, and, and that's a lot of times when folks who, family members who don't normally see each other, see each other, and there's sometimes there's tension. And, and how does the practice help with, you know, challenging things? And, um, you know, our families, whatever our family looked like growing up, what other type of family we had, that is a huge part of our conditioning. We're conditioned by, you know, the Buddha said we're conditioned beings. We're conditioned by family, society, um, all the things that we're receiving input um, throughout our lives. But family is such a core, deep one. Whatever, as I said, whatever our experience was, um, we get our ideas, oftentimes our ideas on emotions, you know, what emotions are good quote, unquote, what emotions are not good, like, you know, people get the message that anger's not okay, or, you know, buck up, hold your feelings, not allowed to have feelings, um, especially the patriarchal thing, the, you know, men, you know, or what feelings are okay for women, what feelings are okay for men, all these types of messages that are passed down, how to behave, how not to behave, how to think, how not to think, um, how you relate to money and finances. I mean, all types of things. It's really intriguing how you relate to grief, how you relate to loss, politics, religion. There's so much. There's so much that just gets uh, um, ingested without a conscious awareness of it. You know, you hear somebody say something and that moves in and then that's how you see the world until something else comes up and perhaps points you in a different direction and say, oh, maybe that's not necessarily the right way to do it because it's uncomfortable. When I do that, if I never express anger or never acknowledge it and think it's wrong or grief, oh, you get three weeks and then you should be over with your grief or whatever it is. Um, and we, we have all kinds of families of origin. We have an absent family. We have a family where it's incredibly painful. We have a loving, supportive family. Many of us have a mixture of both where it's some things are really great and some things really suck. And so to recognize that this, this, this relationship, these relationships are, are so meaningful, um, even if we're not in touch with our family anymore because of whatever reason, for many reasons, um, it still has an impact with us. 
And then another part of this, this reflection on how do we deal with family relationships, it's, it's, the, it's the ideas of um, how do we work with, you know, aging parents or, you know, the, the five remembrances, illness, every, everyone is subject to growing old and getting sick and dying. Um, how do we bring that in? How do we hold all those things? Um, so there's that. Um, how do we come to terms with abuse? That's very real. There's a lot of trauma that we've experienced at the hands of our families. And so how do we, how do we work with that? You know, so those are a lot of questions that came up for me as I was reflecting on this. You know, that's a broad, can you talk about family? And it's like, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Um, but as with everything, the practice is about how we show up in the moment and how we greet the experience right now as it is. Um, and so because mindfulness invites us to be present, we're present with the experiences. You know, if, if, if you're going to see your family over the holidays, you know, what's the experience? What's the body experiencing? Is there some, you know, elation, some joy, some happiness, some terror, some dread? Um, what's, what's going on? And so is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it neither? Can you tune into that? Can you tune into that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, so all these other thoughts are swirling around in my head and I'm trying to not just kind of go bleh. So I'm trying to put in, put these thoughts in a coherent way. But this connection with the body is so important. So because so much of our um, earliest experiences and memories and emotions are in the body. And so to connect with the emotions and the feelings and the sensations are incredibly important while also keeping ourselves safe and resourced, making sure that when we touch into these things or move towards these things that we have the resources we need to do it wisely, um, to do it um, skillfully. Um, how do we take care of ourselves when we're, when we're turning towards challenging emotions? That's, that's all part of this type of thing. Um, and even if our families, we don't see our families because of some, you know, experiences that, that there maybe shouldn't be involved with them or maybe they're not um, in our lives anymore for whatever reason. My parents have been dead for many years. Um, they're still our blood ancestors. They're absolutely still our blood ancestors and they're part of us. Whether, we, whether they're around, whether they're not around, whether we uh, see them, whether we don't see them, um, that it's important to acknowledge these family relationships, these family dynamics, how, in whatever way they show up. Um, you know, um, these are some of the deepest and most entangled conditions that we've experienced, the deepest and 
conditioning that we've experienced and it may take a lifetime to disentangle if ever these are family patterns and a lot of times if we come from a family where the patterns are not necessarily good or we tend to get bogged down in these 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 um patterns that maybe not be really good for us to be in um and we recognize that and we start doing something different like we don't play we don't do the dance anymore it's like one person says this and then the next person says that and then the next person says this and it's the same thing you know you know it's going to be like that every thanksgiving it's going to be like that every holiday blah 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 and then if you choose to behave differently there might be a pushback you know um Sometimes going against the expectations of the family or society is, is really challenging and really painful, and that's why we don't do it. But if it feels that it makes sense, and it does, it's absolutely important to turn towards this because we don't get to liberation without disentangling ourselves from these stories. And seeing them for what they are, the stories that we were taught, the stories that we absorbed. Um, I had a friend say um, years and years and years ago, she was getting ready to go back to her family for the holidays. And she says they push all her buttons all the time. And then she said she realized the reason why they push her buttons is because they installed the buttons. You know, they know where they are. And so maybe you just move the buttons or, or wear some Kevlar or something so that they can't find the buttons. And, to, and I think the most important thing, and that's what this practice is about, is awareness. Awareness that there are buttons. I mean, because if we're on autopilot, we're just doing the dance. But when something's unpleasant and uncomfortable... I mean, there might be something unpleasant. I mean, I, <laughs> I fell down twice yesterday. I was helping somebody move, and I was carrying a box, and I tripped. And then I was, um, and um, my girlfriend was running through a parking lot to get to her car quickly, and I tripped over whatever it is in front of the, you know, those little cement things in front of your car, and I just went boom, right over. So. My hands are uncomfortable right now. You can see the bandages on them. I'm fine, but it's like there's going to be discomfort. But the dis and, and I can say, okay, it's like this, but is there something we can do about that discomfort? If there's emotional discomfort, you know, is there emotional discomfort? I, um, I've talked about this. My, my father died when I was five. And there was, he was, one day my mom just came home and said, well, he's not coming home anymore. And we went about our business. So there was no grief. There was no capacity to understand. The whole world shifted and it was just like, just move along. Let's just move along. And so that's kind of the, uh, the way I dealt with stuff. Very dismissive. Okay, we'll just move along. But that stuff was all inside. And it would come out, in, in a, and I don't even know how it would come out, but it would be there. And I was doing my utmost to not feel because I was never taught to feel. I couldn't name an emotion if you paid me. And so when I finally started sitting, there they were going, hello, 
And so to recognize that and to recognize that these needed to be dealt with because it was uncomfortable. It was not pleasant. And I began to see that dance that I was doing. And so I had to turn towards the discomfort, turn towards the unpleasant experiences and say, okay, these are here, these are unpleasant, these are sometimes painful. What do I do to disentangle? And it's really important to remember that these teachings are grounded in love, kindness, compassion. You know, they, they talk about the wings of awakening, the wings of wisdom. Wisdom seeing clearly the source of our discomfort and the, the path to the end of it and also the wing of compassion. Greeting it, not with shame, not with judgment, but with kindness and compassion. So we ground our experience and our practice in, in, in love. Absolutely important. And we use these teachings. Let go. L-E-T-G-O, the Bhikkhu Analyo said the sum of the Buddha's teachings can be summarized in those five letters. Can we begin to let go of the stories the dismissiveness or the, the idea that this has to be this way. And break the cycle. Don't do the dance. You know, there's a story about Sariputta, who was one of the Buddhist main uh, disciples, who was enlightened, but his mother just gave him all kinds of shit about being a monk. She just, he would go home and, 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 and she just berated him and berated him and berated him. And he didn't get into the argument. He just, you know, he greeted her with love and he greeted her with kindness. And, you know, don't do the dance. That's a huge challenge. That's a huge challenge. I see it in families. I see it in relationships, not just familial relationships, but relationships, you know. And we have to, and when we're, if we're, um, to, we have to um, perhaps put things in a bigger picture, in a, in a broader perspective. These experiences we've had in our lives with our families, um, you know, oftentimes we're just so focused, like I was talking about in the meditation, we're so hyper-focused that we're just like tense and tight on this one object. But if we back up and we begin to see the bigger picture and you know, I got this from a talk Larry Ward gave a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about um, uh, compassion. And he said, Thich Nhat, he asked Thich Nhat Hanh about it. And Thich Nhat Hanh said, compassion requires understanding. We have to understand that the other people also have their histories and their stories and their conditioning. And they might not, their, their pain might be spilling out and causing harm. So to not take it maybe so personally, we have to be willing to see the big picture and say, you know what? This person caused a lot of harm. I want to hold them with compassion for their suffering and then maybe say I, they don't, I don't need to have them in my life. I'm going to take myself out of this picture, but I'm not going to hold this um, you know, anger or hatred, but have this compassion, have this understanding. And so just as we do it for them, we do it for ourselves as well. Can we hold ourselves with kindness and compassion as we look back at the way our hurts build over and perhaps caused harm to others? 
you know, really recognizing that these family members, these relationships, they are who they are. And it's either wise to be around them or not wise to be around them. And we have to, you know, recognize that for ourselves. And I read something um, that we have a mature love and healthy compassion. It's not just that you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do these things. And, you know, the, it's because you this mature love is, you know, seeing the whole picture, seeing us all for flaw, as flawed human beings but still having that compassion, still having that compassion in, in your heart, not, not hardening your heart. Um, the heart practices for them and for others. Um, I was uh, reading something by um, Ajahn Suchito, and he was talking about this, and he said um, what we have to do, and as, as I said, we have to... Um, Breathe through the difficulties. Breathe through the difficulties. And recognize that Kalyanamita, or spiritual friendship, is the true family. Those people who nourish us. Um, he was asking the question, what, what is a true mother or a true father or true siblings? You know, what is it we need? What did we need? from them, em empathy, nurturing, what was it? And can you find those in other places without this constant set of expectations for people to give you something that they're incapable of because of their stories and their conditioning? In fact, um, it's funny, I think it was, I listened to a different talk by Larry Ward and then I also saw on the same day uh, an Instagram post from Lama Rod Owens and Lama Rod said, in talking about the spiritual friendship, he said, go where you are loved. Go where you are loved. And Larry Ward said, go where you are nourished. So they basically said the same thing. Our families may be really challenging. Our families may be really loving. But to make sure that your, your resources are there, that you have people in your life, who can, who can be kind, who can be compassionate, that we begin to have these, these families that we create for ourselves. You hear the term, um, I think it's family of choice. You know, we have our family of origin, our blood ancestors, and then we have our spiritual families, this Kalyanamita, those folks who are there and can hold you. Not, and remember, not everybody is everything to one other people, but we have hopefully building this community that can support us as we go through these things. It's really important, um, especially when times are challenging, especially in moments that are challenging. And it's okay to say no. You know, it's okay, especially during these times. I was just thinking that um, if, if the holidays are challenging, it's okay to say, I'm not going to participate. There are no rules around that. It's like, you have to. It's Christmas or it's whatever it is. It's Hanukkah. You'll have to, no, you don't have to do anything. You have to take care of yourself. You have to be kind. You have to be compassionate. And then um, there's this other, this other thing I saw that, um, about Thich Nhat Hanh had been asked a question of how does this person, he, he asked Thich Nhat Hanh whether he, this guy asked him if he should keep seeing his father and keep trying to change his father because his father just 
wasn't um, behaving the way he should. We always know that's, that's, that never ends well. But Thich Nhat Hanh said, um, if we change ourselves first, and that tends to change the person inside of us, the father inside of us, the, the relationship we have, and then the transformation happens. And so, and I've had this experience when, um, you know, when I, when I did the work around my mom and my dad, the internal work and some therapy, um, I didn't do it all on the cushion. I needed some external support as well to get through a lot of the stuff that had been stuffed down for so many, many, many years. I, the, the, I transformed the relationship, the internal relationship with them. Um, as I said, they've been, they've been gone for years, and I never had the opportunity to do any work with them from my place of healing. But I was able to do the internal healing that allows me to not have such a painful recollection anymore. That there's an ease and a compassion for my mom's struggles growing up and my dad's struggles growing up and, and their parents, you know, you know, sets of immigrants and, and all the things that are, that's in, that are in our DNA because of, you know, from our blood ancestors. It's just passed down and so we have to recognize that and honor that. It's really important. Um, so, as I, you know, as I laughed at the beginning of this talk, you know, how do you, how, have you done a Dharma talk on family relationships? And it's like, eh, it's a little bit complex. So there's, there's a lot of stuff here. It's, it's not a, here, do this and, and live happily ever after. It's a, it's a willingness to turn towards the discomfort. It takes a willingness to be present and to perhaps walk in a different direction, to let go of those stories, those family patterns that can cause so much difficulty, can cause so much pain. That's, that's the path to freedom. That's the path to liberation. The willingness to walk away, the willingness to stay sometimes. So anyway, those are, those are my thoughts on this. Um, thank you. Thanks. For your attention and hope it's been of some benefit. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.